0: Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Uh, In just a minute, I'm gonna talk to you about quick hits on leadership, quick hits on leadership. Let me just also put some dates on your radar. The first one's January 19th. That's Plano, Texas. The second one is January 28th. That is in Seattle, Washington. These are the first two roundtables of the year. This is totally new material. I think you're going to love it. I think it will energize your soul. It will help you. I want to encourage you, if you could to go to my webpage, Ministries.com. and if you would sign up, I think you'll be blessed. And then I want to remind you that every year I do a new flash drive. The flash drive has every sermon that I've done from the previous year, and this is the brand new one. And with anything I did on Sunday, it comes with the outline. So when you Plug it in, you're going to get the outline and you're going to get uh, the message and it's just great content. I think it could help some of you. And then my new book, um, I I think this book is going to help. It's just about uh, how do you manage tough places in life, tough stuff. It's good. You can go to my webpage, you can get the information. Let's get into the podcast quick hits on leadership, quick hits on leadership. The first one is this, leadership is visual. Leadership is visual. I think it's so important that we always remember that before people see you, they watch you. Leadership is visual. In fact, in the world in which we live, Leadership becomes more visual each and every day, each and every day. And one of the reasons that this is important is that people do what they see more than they do what they hear. They do what they see. And I think there's a merit in what Paul said to the Corinthians when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. He was saying, watch me put me up to this scrutiny test and, and do what I do. Now, years ago, I tell the story of Cody, my son, who played baseball. He was in a batting cage. In that batting cage, he was trying to adjust his hands and how he was going to attack the baseball. His hitting coach saw that even though he had told Cody repeatedly what to do, Cody wasn't getting it. So he stopped Cody. He said, I want you to look at the batting cage next. There was an older young man there. He said, I want you to watch what he does with his hands. And the young man was releasing his hands at the impact just perfectly. Now, Cody had heard it repeatedly, but once he saw it, he could replicate it. And the reason I'm saying that is that this world needs leaders that can stand the scrutiny and can be watched. And I really believe that as we begin this year, every one of us as leaders need to ask ourselves some questions. One of those questions is this. Are we living our lives and conducting ourselves in a way that if people watched us, that it would be beneficial to their lives. People do what they see. Now, let me flip it. If you're going to be a good leader, you need to be looking at leaders that are better than you. And that's not a negative. It's just you get better by seeing better. You get better by watching better. It's why Paul told Timothy, be thou an example. Before he told him about preaching, teaching, he said, be somebody that is an example. Live in a way that if people watch, they're going to get a baseline of what leadership is really like. So leadership is visual. We are a visual to others, and we need visuals in our lives. And one of the things that's difficult is when you realize it's not just talking leadership that is required. It is demonstrating leadership that is needed, that you go beyond talking it and you begin to demonstrate it. So could you just sit down and think two things? First of all, who can I look to? That will make me a better leader. But then secondly, what can I do that if people watch me, that will make them better leaders? People do what they see. If people watch you, will they do the right things? Leadership is visual. Number two, be the same person today. In life, you don't control a whole lot. You don't control people. You don't control events. You don't control circumstances. You don't control all of the outer issues. You control one thing. That is you. And when we talk about controlling you, can you be the same person today? What am I talking about? Consistency can can you take the roller coaster out of your life can you stand up and just be the same day in and day out that that you've mastered the ability to do sound things in the right way and to do them repeatedly and to do them continually and to do them regularly can you do that. Can you be the same person today? See, in leadership, there's nothing worse than trying to follow somebody who is inconsistent. You don't know if you're getting the good. You don't know if you're getting the bad. You don't know if you're getting the happy. You don't know if you're getting the sad. You don't know if you're going to get, hey, let's do this, or you're going to get, oh, we can't do this. People cannot follow inconsistency. In fact, what I've learned is people would rather follow someone who's consistently bad than someone who's inconsistently good. And I know that sounds strange. But when people walk into an office or they walk into a setting, they want to follow somebody Who is the same? Can you be the same person? Can you emotionally be the same? Can you mentally be the same? Can you in discipline be the same? Can you be the same? So two quick hits. Leadership is visual. People do what they see. You do what you see. People do what they see you doing. But being the same today. You've mastered the art of self-discipline. You know how to be consistent. Number three, the good we do is good for us. The good we do is good for us. I don't know how long it takes someone to realize this, but when you help other people, the person you help the most is you. To me, the longer I live, the clearer it becomes. When you help others, you help yourself. And one of the things is when you do good, you're not sacrificing, you're adding. It amazes me how people go through mental gymnastics, of saying, well, if I do this and they look at something as a zero-sum game, if I help that person with one, then I have one left. If I give, then I have taken away from me. The sooner you realize the good we do is good for us, is the way that you begin to motivate yourself to just always do good. I've told you, when I walk into a room, I ask this question. Who can I help? Why? I know if I help somebody, it helps me. I've never helped anyone that it didn't help me to help them. I've never helped anyone that it didn't come back to help me in some way, and someone says, that's selfish. No, that is the biblical law of receiving and giving. It is the biblical law that when I begin to make contributions, it begins to help other people. So the good we do is good for us. Number four, you can't fix what you're unaware of. I can't fix the problem I don't know. And what this refers to is I have to be transparent. I have to be honest with myself about me. I have to be honest with myself about my organization. You can't fix what you're unaware of. You can't fix a problem you don't see. So you have to be honest and you have to put yourself on the road to honesty where you're looking and you're thinking and you're planning and you're saying, okay, how do I intentionally reflect? Years ago, I was listening to a Harvard Business Review podcast. The podcast was about an individual who was a psychologist for Fortune 500 CEOs. They would dive into their lives. They were the ones that the CEOs trusted. At the very end of the podcast, there was a question asked by the podcast interviewer. What is the one thing that distinguishes a good CEO from a bad one? Now, honestly, I thought the question was too simple to get a simple answer. But the psychologist responded, said, well, one thing. The person said, what is that? And they said, reflection. They said, good CEOs reflect. Bad CEOs do not. They then dove in and they said, every CEO makes decisions that may have consequences where people were impacted and maybe needs that should have been met were not met or thoughts that should have been thought were not thought through. And this psychologist said, a bad CEO just says, I had to make a decision and it is what it is. A good CEO reflects and says, I want to think through If I'm ever making that decision again, how I can do it, where I mitigate the downside consequences. What were they talking about? Becoming aware. Every day I interact, but every evening I need to reflect. So you can't fix what you're unaware of. Five, respect is learned on difficult ground. Everybody wants to be respected, but respect is earned when people watch us handle the challenges of life. People admire us during good times, but people follow us because of how we manage tough times. So when people know that I've had to deal with tough times and, family, and marriage, and ministry, and they get to watch that up close, that's where respect is earned. They look and they say, you know what? This guy has survived marriage for 45 years. This individual's kids still will come home. And see, all of those little things earn you respect because respect is earned on difficult ground when life's not going well, when circumstances aren't positive, when issues are not going the way you want them. So understand this. If you want to be respected, you earn respect when things are tough, not when things are good. You earn respect when things are hard, not when things are easy. You earn respect when days are dark, not when the sun is shining. You earn respect on your worst days, not on your best days. Respect is always earned on difficult ground. Number six, discipline is more important than motivation. You know, motivation is one of those things that makes you feel good for a moment, but it seldom changes the outcome. I was reading a book about a pilot. Now, this was a fighter pilot, and he had, as a part of his job, to take off from aircraft carriers and land on aircraft carriers. And he talked about when an aircraft carrier is in a war zone, at night the ocean is pitch black. And they say, in this ocean you see this little speck of light, and it is the aircraft carrier. You've got to begin to orientate towards that light. But they said no amount of motivation makes easier to land on an aircraft carrier. says when you're looking at a dot of light in the middle of vast darkness and you're coming in, it's not motivation that makes it easier. It's discipline. It is the discipline of having done it time and time and time again. That discipline takes over because he said everything about that moment will just fill you with uncertainty, could just overwhelm you with questions and could push you into fear. And you can give yourself all the pep talks you want, but it's not motivation that gets you landed. It's the discipline of having done it time and time again. So in your life, it's good when someone comes and high fives you, but no amount of high fives takes the place of being disciplined. You have to live your life based on doing right things the right way and doing the right things the right way continually. So when everything around you goes dark, you can find the speck of light And you can land and bring your life where it needs to be. So discipline is more important than motivation. Seven, you need a circle of competence. If you're going to succeed in leadership, you need a circle of competence. This involves people who speak in your life, who can begin to minister in your life. So who speaks in your life that's competent? I've said before that too often, we choose our friends by who makes us comfortable. God wants us to choose people who make us better. I know in my job that people with bad marriages tend to hang out with other people with bad marriages. Why? Because that's comfortable. But if you want a better marriage, hang out with someone who has a better marriage. So who speaks into your life? And what do they speak about? Who speaks in your life and what do they speak about? You need a circle of confidence. So let's go over. Leadership is visual. You need people you can watch, and you need to understand people are watching you. You need to be the same person today. You need to master the art of consistency. You need to be able to do what's right and do it repeatedly. The good we do is good for us. When I help someone else, I help me. You can't fix what you're unaware of. You have to have situational awareness and continual reflection. Respect is earned on difficult ground. When you manage life, when life is challenging, that's what creates respect. And discipline is more important than motivation. A pep talk is not a replacement for being disciplined, and you need a circle of competence. And then, finally, you need to create home-filled advantage. You need to create home-filled advantage. What am I referring to? Life's too tough to go out into this world every day and deal with the stuff that you have to deal with and come home and deal with stuff at home doesn't mean that home is perfect it just means home is the best place when i go home it's my favorite place because of who's going to be there and because we've created home filled advantage i love being at my house I love being with my family. It is a place of peace and addition. And what I want to say to you is that in sports, no one wins road games repeatedly. You've got to be able to win at home. And if you haven't created that, you need to double down on that. So create Home Field Advantage. Just create that home-filled advantage. So let me walk you through, again, leadership is visual. Be the same person today. The good we do is good for us. You can't fix what you're unaware of. Respect is earned on difficult ground. Discipline is more important than motivation. You need a circle of competence, and you need to create home-filled advantage. These are just some quick hits on leadership. I pray that they'll help you. If you'll do me a favor, if you'll go to my webpage, January 19th, Plano, Texas, January 28th, Seattle, Washington. My flash drive, my new book, Handling Tough Stuff. If you can go to those, I think that you'll find them invaluable. Thank you so much.